Guys, how's it going? Welcome to another episode of SoCal Watch Reviews, episode 24. I am your friend Miguel, and with me as always, my good friends, P and Fred. How are you guys doing? Yo, yo, what's up, what's up? Yo, yo, what's up, people? Your boy P. Ross back in the building, episode 24. Let's get it banging. And 24, about to hit that quarter century. Yeah. Yeah, so I know we uh, kind of briefly talked about uh, Fred coming back from Dubai. We didn't really elaborate too much on that, but I did, uh, uh, what was the, I guess? Let me let me ask. I know we're we're gonna make a dedicated episode about Dubai with one of your friends over there, and we definitely wanna wanna dig in more into Dubai and, and other watches. But what was the craziest watch you saw there? The craziest watch I saw. Um... Probably was actually the I saw a Lange Odysseus that was packaged Ooh. to give to a customer. Mm. Um, oh, you actually got, saw it in the metal. Huh. I saw it in the metal. It looks much better than it does in pictures. So yeah. like I just walked into the Lange boutique and I was like, "Listen, I know this is a long shot, but I want to see if you guys have an Odysseus." And they said, "Listen, we don't have one in stock, but we have one that's just arrived in that we have to deliver to a customer. It's all shrink wrapped in plastic, but you know, if you just want to look at it, we can show you." <laughs> and this was like. Like, it, it looked like shit because it was literally, it's, it was for packaging to a customer, you know? So it was, like, all wrapped in, like, just factory plastic. It hadn't been put in its presentation box or anything like that. It was all yeah. just the internal shipping shit that they do. Um, and But, like, they showed it to me, and obviously, like, you could see through it. And, like, it is a nice-looking watch. Like, the pictures really don't do it justice. And that would probably be the coolest purely on the basis that I saw that in the store, in the flesh, and it's... And it's fucking cool, and so and so long. Um, apart from that, I saw a bunch of other cool watches, a bunch of richer meals. There was a Roger DeBuis store, so I actually saw some of their uh, Excaliburs in the flesh. Those are fucking insane. Ones. Oh wow, that's cool. Yeah. Um, obviously, like every Rolex under the sun. Uh, I didn't get a chance to see any of the Arabic dial Rolexes in the flesh. Um, oh. That was something I did want to do, like some of those. Uh, Platinum Day Dates and Platinum Daytonas that they have Middle East exclusives for yeah. that have the Arabic models awesome. on them. Um, yeah. That would have been cool to see, but didn't get a chance for that. I filmed a fucking ton of watches. I filmed, I think, 11 or 12 watches while I was there. Oh, wow. So, content for days. <laughs> that was when that podcast that I missed was literally like you messaging saying, and I, I was like, shit, <laughs> it's already time. And like, I was still just at the store just filming watches. Um, but yeah, that was really good as well. So plenty of new content coming up soon. Um, what other cool watches did I see? Like there was so many. Like and I got so many catalogs. Literally, I would just go from one store to the next, just getting mm. catalogs. That's awesome. My coffee table is full of catalogs now. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> What's up? Um, That's awesome. But it was amazing. It, it really was amazing. Yeah, looking forward to to to. Uh, I was gonna say filming, but recording that episode with your buddy. I need to. Uh, yeah. I need to reach out, but that that should be fun, you know, getting uh, the perspective of somebody that actually lives in Dubai and it's yeah, just, just so different from us, you know. So, yeah. but before we move forward, I always forget uh, wrist check. What are you guys wearing? Um, I'm wearing an Orient Bambino. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. Version, version four. four. 
Yes. Yep. Now, if you want to see what that watch looks like, I made a little episode on my channel, SoCal Watch Reviews YouTube channel. I reviewed that watch. Yeah. Uh, it was a, a, a loan in from our friend AB, Watch Collecting Strategy. Yes. Um, <clears throat> strategy, I'm sorry, single or plural. And uh, yeah, he let me borrow it. It was for sale. I didn't keep it because I felt like that version was a little too big for me. It comes in at 42 millimeters. I know there's other versions, 40 millimeters, and I believe they just released one of uh, 38 millimeters. Yeah. So I'd definitely be interested to check those out. But my wrist is what, seven and seven, six inches. I mean, six inches, seven, seven, eight, six, six, seven, eight. But P, your wrist is a lot bigger, right? Seven something, <laughs> yeah. seven and a half. Yep. Yeah. So that thing must be. It just sits well. It's lovely. It just sits well. It's lovely. Yeah, no, I love the dial at Cernberg style. I mean, for, for for what you pay, it's an incredible watch. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know? So I think it's pretty cool. And uh, you switched out the OEM strap. Yeah, put on, on a, it, uh, I think. a metal mesh bracelet. Oh, my God, I think it's great. Mm-mm-mm. It's awesome. Yeah, yes, I like sir. that watch. Fred, you're wearing your uh, Cartier? No, I'm not. I finally managed to put it away. Uh, that probably won't <laughs> last long because I have a new class coming for it. Mm. Oh, but um, no, I'm actually wearing my Steinhardt. I've got it on a rubber strap that I had actually bought for my tutor that arrived like a week after I sold my tutor. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but it's 22 mil, so it still fits it. Uh, so it's good. You That's know, cool. it's nice having a rubber strap. It's starting to get a little bit hotter here, so uh, so you know, it's got to get something. It's a little bit breathable. Can't wear leather forever, especially not in fucking India summer where it's boiling. So yeah, so it's good. Good having a little change, giving the Cartier a little break. That's cool. I love the Cartier on that on that strap. Honestly, yeah. it just like completely changed the look. Yeah, when I saw a picture of it, I was like, bang. Yeah, that new yeah, strap. That new strap is bug bugging, boy. Woo. Yeah, I was nervous at first because I was thinking, like, fuck, I hope it just fits it. Like, I hope it, like, actually fits the lugs. But um, the guy who did it, he nailed it. And, like, he didn't have the watch at all. It was just measurements and pictures that I sent him. And he did a great job. So shout out to Coral Customs for doing that. Hey, you should you should get some more made and just resell them for them. <laughs> I'm getting more I, made I, just to have them for me. <laughs> yeah, or that too. Believe me, I had a well, I had a guy reaching out to me, right? And he was like, hey, I, I listened to your last episode. Uh, I was just wondering if you could send me a picture of what Fred's uh, strap looks like. So, yeah, he was excited because I guess you don't – I mean, I don't know much about Cartier or straps or whatever, but I'm assuming because it's such a – such a model that nobody really knows about or, or talks about the people that do own it probably don't modify it right they just keep it on the strap uh that it comes in so yeah to have something custom i think is pretty exciting so yeah and just because it's like because they're different lugs it's not just normal spring bars it's like you you're pretty much stuck with if you bought it on a leather strap usually you'll just leave it on the same one and yeah. obviously you won't like no one ever spends the money to buy a bracelet because that's always mad expensive and if you bought it on the bracelet like me, then it's like, well, you can either spend like, I think it's like three or 400 bucks to get an OEM one from Cartier or yeah, you go the custom route. Yeah. No, I, I like the way that you went. I yeah, no, pretty cool. but, uh, I did. And I can't wait. I, I ordered a, uh, I did order an OEM deploying class, which hopefully should be arriving mm. soon the next week. Yeah. That's cool. It's gonna look nice. Yeah, yeah I will post some pictures when you get it. Yeah, no. So. <laughs> well, today I am wearing something that I never wear, and I wore yesterday, and I just can't take it off the wrist. Be um, Omega Speedmaster, my mm. automatic version. I just, 
there's something about this watch that just I, I've considered selling it just to get something better. Um, but I'm like, you know what? I, I, I wrote a little. I wrote a little something that I need to put out a, a little article, if you will. No, we don't really have articles because we don't have a website, right? We have our Facebook uh, group, but I don't really uh, uh, get a chance to write much. But yeah, I was I was writing something the other day, and basically, it it, it was something in regards to something of not settling for your grail. And what I mean is, you a lot of people have grails, right? Whatever watch that is for you, but the unfortunate thing is sometimes you don't have the money for that grail. Right. So you settle for something that kind of mimics that grill. So for me, it was the Omega Speedmaster Professional is one of my grills. Right. So I, can't, I couldn't afford it. And I still can't because it's too much money. But uh, I did manage to save enough for this watch, which is a, a vintage model. Well, vintage, if you will. It's a transitional model, I guess, because it's from the 90s. But uh, basically, the very first time around, I got an Omega Speedmaster Reduce. And I was super excited, super pumped to get it, and I and I did end up getting it. But what happened was that it mimicked the Omega Speedmaster Professional so much uh, that I felt like I was getting the short end of the stick. If that makes any sense, it just felt really small, and it just it just didn't look right. And I was so disappointed. I was so sad because I didn't go to a store to try it on first. Everything was just purchased online. Um, so the watch itself had a bit of an issue. It supposedly had been serviced, but it wasn't, it was misaligned and it was, it just didn't, it didn't look right for the amount of money that I spent. Granted, it probably wasn't a ton, but it was 1400 bucks. It is a lot of money, you know, for, for a normal person like me. So I was like, all right, well, what do I do? I'm just, I guess I'm just going to return it. So I did, I returned it and I was like, all right, well, I guess I'm just out of an Omega watch because I'm not going to have enough money for a Speedy. But started to do my research and found this specific model, which is the reference number 3511-50. Reverse Panda, if you will, is what they call it. Uh, it has the subtitles on the side rather than having them in the bottom, just like the Omega Speedmaster Professional. But I was like, you know what? I, I really do like it. It reminds me of the Speedy Tuesday release that they had, kind of. And it has the tritium, you know, loom, which is super cool because it's not a Fotina. It's a real deal, you know. So I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to pull the trigger. And the minute that I got it, I fell in love with it. And I was like, you know what? Sometimes not settling for your grill is actually not such a bad thing, you know, because now this became one of my favorites in my collection. And that's exactly why I don't wear it too much, because I baby the crap out of it. You know what I mean? Because it was it was polished but polished in, in in like a good way it still has its curves it wasn't over polished i mean it's it's in really 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 good condition it was serviced before i bought it so that's what i'm wearing today but that's the reason i don't wear it too much because i'm scared to mess it up <laughs> absolutely that was a long wrist check uh yeah <laughs> but uh yeah before we move on i want to thank uh george hudson he was a new zealander if that's what you call it, his New Zealand, uh, 1895, he came up with the concept of daylight savings time. Thank you so much, George. Yeah. You messed up our life. Fuck yeah. Thank Absolutely. Fucking. I never <laughs> win with daylight savings. Never. It doesn't matter which direction mm -mm. we're It never works out well. Yeah. yeah. And, and the interesting thing is that, that Fred actually, they don't have daylight savings in India. But because he works with people outside of India, it messes up his schedule too. So it just messes everybody up. I don't. I don't get it. I don't get the point of this crap. I'm but not a farmer. I yeah, this more hour of daylight. 
and no one else does either. <laughs> and farmers can use flashlights. No offense to farmers, but like, there's more of a shit. Yeah. And don't they got hit? And don't <laughs> they got headlights on trackers and shit? Damn. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so everybody listening, I think we made it very clear that we record on Sundays. We record typically in the morning, seven o'clock my time, Pacific time. Uh, so today when I woke up, I always wake up a lot earlier to get my computer set up, get the audio set up, get everything set up. So around, I don't know, 6.20 or something like that, I wake up on Sundays, which I know sucks, but whatever, you know, we do it for this passion. And I was super tired. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Did I go to sleep late yesterday? I'm like, no, I actually didn't. I look at my, my, my cell phone and it says that it's 6.30 in the morning. But then, of course, I look at my watches and I'm like, oh, that's right. It's 5.30. No wonder I'm super tired. So we jump on the phone. Fred's like, hey, what's, what's up? I'm like, you ready to record? He's a little thrown back. He's like, well, what do you mean? We still got another hour. Mm-hmm. Like, no, daylight savings. He's like, oh. So we're waiting for P. We're waiting for P. We're waiting for P. So we end up the recording. I call P. He's like, yeah. Like your recordings, like what? So this whole daylight savings it just <laughs> it messes everything up, man. So my whole so yeah. my whole day is ruined because of this shit. Ruined. Yeah. Oh god. I, I agree. And then I, I I remember back in the days before the whole cell phone, you know, what cell phones were like a thing that everybody had. You could use it as an excuse for showing up late on Monday mornings, right? Oh, I'm sorry, right. I set my alarm wrong. Not anymore, buddy. <laughs> but these, these people at work, they were having this debate like, well, we're only working seven hours, but do we get our eight hours? I'm like, I don't fucking know. What the fuck you get for working third shift? I'm getting my whole eight. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know what to tell you. It's just I don't know how that works. And this is like, I just don't get it. I just don't get why in 2020 we need it. It, it, it was something that somebody came up with to get a paycheck. Just That's to fuck with them. That's what they right. did. Right. How can I fuck with them? This was a practical joke gone wrong is what it is. <laughs> George or whatever his name is in New Zealand was bored. He thought, he, he thought he'd do something funny and see how he fucked us all over. <laughs> right. I really don't like it. Yeah. Well, you know what I, what I hate even worse uh, this coronavirus, oh, it's shit. messing everything oh, up, man. It's like, I can't even go to the store anymore. Here in California, people are going nuts. It's almost like the walking dead. It's like, there's no water. There's no toilet paper. There, what is the thing with toilet you paper? Go to the, Someone please explain to me. I don't know. People need to wipe their ass, apparently. Purell, I get. Hand sanitizer, I get. I don't get it. Do people think they're getting coronavirus through their ass or something? <laughs> <laughs> that's a good that's a good point i don't know i you know i was thinking the same thing i'm like i guess uh i don't, I don't know i guess we were not in japan i know they have those special toilets that wipe your ass with water but yeah it's oh we got the those in India here, too. But... they got the little jets and everything but i oh nice but yeah. i still don't get the connection between coronavirus and toilet paper i really don't like you know i guess yeah i don't like you know tylenol and like you know basic like cold and flu pills fine but toilet paper really yeah. Uh, well, another thing that didn't make sense to me, but then my wife kind of made sense of it a little bit, was the Clorox wipes, right? Like the surface cleaners and stuff. I'm like, why are people loading up on that crap? Are people coming into their house infected with the virus? She's like, well, maybe some people 
carry them with them and they're so paranoid that they wipe off like the the gas pump or the stuffers where they're gonna eat and i was like ah, that kind of makes yeah, sense yeah like being they, overly paranoid yeah like they do say that apparently the um like it can still like sort of sit on certain surfaces so like obviously like right you know you should clean your house more and all that sort of thing um yeah but like but that makes something just toilet paper makes no sense to me i don't know right. what is driving the demand for toilet paper and the only assumption i'm making is that people are so paranoid about being out in public they think all right i'll just stock up on toilet paper so i never have to go buy any that's that was basically the premise so what what, what happened yeah. is we yeah we went to costco a few times and it's just madness in there i mean there was a uh, a Costco in Chino Hills. It's a, it's a city here in, in California, Southern California, Chino Hills. People were fighting, literally fighting over toilet paper and water. They had to call the cops. They took everybody out of the store. They had to make a line, and they were only limited to a certain number of Damn. toilet paper cases. That sounds like and water cases school. they can buy. It's like the mm-hmm. teacher had to come and like <laughs> bring everyone yes. out and said, "All right, everyone, yeah, line. <laughs> yeah." And well, they interviewed people outside afterwards and they're like so what why why are you here why are you stocking up well i you know i'm I'm trying to like not to come out too much it, you, exactly what you said Fred. it's like they're trying to stock up so they don't have to go to the store so often uh but one of the ladies was so funny he's like i don't get it people are fighting over water there's water from the tap i mean <laughs> I, I i wouldn't drink water from the tap just because of so much crap that they put in it right but um y'all don't have that but florida i mean worse... tap. florida tap water is amazing <laughs> Really? Yeah, yeah, when I lived in Miami, I love Florida Tap. Never need a bottle mm. water there. As long as you don't live in right. Flint, Michigan. <laughs> that's it's true, all, that's it's all true. true. Well, I, 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 I got a filter on mine, so. Shit. Oh, yeah, here, here, I don't, yeah. here in India, I don't touch the tap at all. <laughs> like, that's yeah. just strictly for <coughs> it, I was watching, uh, I was watching something online where the, uh, they was, I think it was in LA too, where they was going in the grocery store. They had a guy right there with, with wipes and wiping off the carts for people and all that shit. I'm like, wow. Like, yeah, it was is- pretty scary. I mean, we, we've had some cases here in California and, uh, you know, it's kind of scary that the way that it spreads, but you know what, how we can prevent this is if you feel sick, if you have a fever, if you're throwing up, if you have a sore throat, if you're coughing, do us all a favor. Don't go out. Stay in your house. Quarantine yourself. That's why people are getting sick because of selfish, dumbass people. Right. Just like the guy in, I think, New York, where he knew he was sick and he was in quarantine, but he had to go watch a play or do some social event. He just, he just had to go do it. Well, thanks to that dumbass, now like over two thousand people are are mm-hmm. self quarantined because they don't know if they got something because of that one idiot. Right. And it's like, why are you messing it up for the rest of us? If you are the unfortunate person that got sick, I, I I sympathize with you. I am so sorry, but why do you have to ruin it for the rest of us? That's why people spread this virus, right? Or they're they're in China or they're somewhere where the disease is at and, and they may possibly have it and they know this, but they're still selfish. No, I have to go back to my country. Yeah, well, dumbass, you just went on the airplane, messed it up for everybody there and then poor people over there in TSA now are getting sick because they're screening people. It's like, this is preventable. You just need to be, you don't need to be paranoid, 
but you need to be vigilant, right? And that's something our, our friend, uh, Modern Regimen, I, I was listening to his latest uh, podcast episode. Uh, if you haven't heard him, go check him out. Uh, Modern Regimen, uh, he, he puts out some really, really cool um, uh, content. Chris Flores, that, that's his name. So he was talking about the coronavirus, and it's, he touched on, on many interesting points. And it just makes you makes you angry you know it's like well why are we so paranoid you know there's i don't know it's i, I want to think it's preventable but you know and then i was watching nothing against chinese people at all i mean i i love all countries the same well not really but some more than others but it, it was it was crazy that if you really if you really think about it i watched i forgot the name of this youtube channel it was really really interesting they were talking about the SARS. They were talking about the, the swine flu. They were talking about the coronavirus, and it all stemmed from China. And they're like, "Well, why? Why is that? It's because over there they have uh, the open markets, and they're able, legally able, to sell all these wild animals that you're practically not really supposed to be eating, but they sell them just because the the famine back in the seventies. Uh, hit them so hard that these farmers were eating bats, they were eating snake, they were eating all these things that you typically wouldn't eat, right? So they were eating them. The government saw that and said, hey, that's a year. you guys found a good way to sustain yourselves. So keep it up. Keep it up. They mm -hmm. encouraged it. And as a matter of fact, they even, I think in the 2000s or 90s, they actually made it, uh, they put it into the law. They, they, they made it legal for them to sell a lot of these wild animals. Well, guess what? Wild animals carry diseases. And thanks to that, now this is going on. Now there's petitions going on in China where they're like, you know what? You, you can't just temporarily ban the sale of these animals. You need to permanently shut down this crap because this is, we, we can't have this happen again. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it all stems from these animals. And it's like, I just don't get it. Like, really? You can't eat something else. You have to eat your you're whatever the hell a bat like really you need to be eating bats hey man i think what? ozzy osbourne would take issue with your stance on bat eating mm. <laughs> <laughs> it just pisses me off man it's like something preventable yet you just don't learn from it right it's like this is not the first or second time it's happened it's happened more in multiple locations and it's so disgusting the way i mean i've seen footage and it's like they stack up these animals right in cages so guess what happens the guy on top that's urinating and bleeding and whatever it goes all the way down to the to the animal at the bottom well that animal now is really infected and when these people take out the animal and they chop them up in public they're not wearing safety gloves or anything they're just bare hands just messing crap up yeah you're gonna get sick i mean geez what do you think they have feces they have uh it's just so disgusting man I'm, I'm, i don't know it just it just pisses me off mm. so much because we've been wanting to take my little boy we we had this this thing set where we were going to take him to legoland i don't know if you guys heard of legoland but it's it's huge here in california He's, he's, he's little, so he doesn't know, right? He's super excited, super pumped. We had it all planned out. And this is when this first thing just hit. Well, because of this whole coronavirus, now we don't want to go because you don't know. And he's just been bugging about it, right? When are we going to go? When are we going to We just keep making up lies. He doesn't know anything about coronavirus. So, yes, it's messing things up for people, you know? It's like, come on. Can we talk Ooh, about watching and scene? <laughs> uh, yeah, let's talk about uh, something super cool. Something uh, I know we were going to start off with the Senate, but, but we're talking about uh, world collapsing and then the apocalypse. So why don't we talk about the G-Shock? 
So G-Shock just came out with this really cool, uh, I think it's uh, sold out actually. Yes, it's out of stock. This uh, new limited edition British Army G-Shock Mudmaster. So I don't know if you guys got a chance to check it out. It's 460 bucks. Eh, not badly priced for for what you get. Did you guys get a chance to check it out? Different colorways. Yeah, I think definitely the mm-hmm. military one looks good. That and the blackout one, like the full blackout one as well. Yeah, something that I like about it is that that resin carbon fiber kind of uh, bezel <coughs> that it has on it. I'm a huge <coughs> fan of carbon fiber. Always have been with the, with the cars, but yeah, this thing is insane, man. I mean, somebody want to break it down for for the good folks listening? Uh, so it does everything, right? <laughs> uh, it does everything. It, it washes dishes for you. It, it, it cleans your car. <laughs> but does it prevent coronavirus? And they like the- that. Fuck no. You know, that would be the limited edition I'm waiting for. I oh, want to okay. pick up the coronavirus watch. Yes. What about the last thing? <laughs> you know what? I think it might. I think it might because is this a? Uh, does it, does it sink in? Uh, I think it is. I think it is. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Well, the, well, first of all, let's start off with, uh, okay. so I think it's, this one is sold out. I think this, yeah. way, cause they, they do have different ones. So I think other ones are available. This, this particular one is, well, well, is, well go ahead. I'm sorry. No, 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 go ahead. I'm, well, I'm, the, I'm just reading some of the specs here. Yeah. The, the British army XG shock Mudmaster was built to withstand the hardest land environments and features an updated carbon core guard structure and triple layer carbon insert bezel you know what that sound like one fucking hell of a watch right there but but here's here's the thing though i mean you have this g-shock that's like super resistant to everything what i don't get is that it says that it has a mineral glass right so if something is so resistant shouldn't it have a sapphire glass i mean correct me if i'm wrong evidently it's not resistant to cost cutting yeah but then for four hundred for $460, dollars, it don't even have a Bluetooth function. It looks like it does. It does. It does. It I, does. I think uh, I'm I'm looking at the spec. I mean, the specs are insane. I mean, I, I'm just I'm okay, just okay, this is crazy. It's just don't you have a but uh, are you used to what's that? Don't you have a Mudmaster? Are you used to? I don't. I just have a I have a, a, a the G Shock that P has as well as a DW one hundred. Yeah, one hundred. J one hundred. So that thing is that thing. Is, I was gonna get a Mudmaster, but You're I was too to. cheap. That was it. I was going to, but well, there's two things that kind of held me back. Number one, the size, because Mudmasters are coming in at fifth, almost sixty millimeters. So That's I mean, it's crazy. it's a big guy. It's a big guy, but it's like a military watch. Mine, what is it? PRs is like 52. 52. 52. And that thing is huge. Like I never really wear mine just because it, it's way too big. It's way too big. So to have a Mudmaster that's that big, and to spend five hundred dollars, I was like, you know what? I'd rather spend sixty bucks on this. It, it kind of replicates that a little bit in in the look department, and get something else on the side. And that's what I did. You know what I mean? But yeah, this this thing is insane. I mean, they, it it just has. I can't even go into the details. It just has a thermometer, a compass. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. so many different time zones. <coughs> so, yeah, this thing is and mud resistant, water resistant. And it's crazy because if you get into the other colorways, they are cheaper. Yeah, it's like 380 for the blackout one. I'm yeah. Sure that was uh-huh. Well, this this particular one that we're looking at is like a camel, right? Is it a camel, like literally camouflage and has that kind of olive green with the with the carbon fiber bezel. Yeah. So I mean, I like that colorway. Yeah, 200 water resistant, 200 meter water resistant. So, 
uh, I think it's pretty cool, man. I mean, G- G-Shocks are, are definitely a must in anybody's collection just because it's that watch that it's inexpensive. It's super like packed with a bunch of different features. You could take it anywhere. You could pretty much do anything with it. If it breaks, if it gets stolen, you won't cry about it unless it's kind of like an heirloom and it's, you know, it has some kind of memories attached to it. But other than that, I mean, G-Shocks are the coolest watches out there. And what I like about this one that I'm not even sure our GA one has is LED lights. Just because I know they were using kind of incandescent lights before, mm-hmm. but now this particular one is using LED. And yes, it does have mobile link, wireless linking. Yeah, yeah, Bluetooth. I see that. Uh, so it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, so G-Shocks, I, I think they're pretty cool. I know, uh, I don't have it open on my on my screen. I don't know the specs of it, but I know the, the, the guys over at... Uh, is the two broke watch knobs? I think they were they were talking about uh, like watches that they uh, that they uh, that they would like to own, but they're crazy expensive. And it was a G Shock made out of uh, gold, completely made out. Yeah, of gold. that like they four thousand dollars or something like that. No, it was seventy thousand. Seventy thousand. It was, Holy it was shit. solid gold. Solid gold. They only made thirty pieces. Seventy. Um, yeah. I know that's what I'm saying. That's it's like, like oh. you can get protects for that. Yeah, but apparently, people aren't buying them. So I mean, rich people, just like the Doxa, uh, right? Yeah. I think they need like a solid gold that was like seventy thousand dollars. It's kind of like, yeah, unless you're like filthy, either you're filthy rich or you're like a a, a fan, yeah, like yeah, a yeah, real I mean, fan. That watch is the shop collector that has tons of money and has to have all of them. You know, they're like, I have to have all of them, including the bananas expensive one. It's right. just like uh, yeah. last, last time when we were talking about that um, Bruce Lee edition. Um, the Bruce Lee? Yeah, that was like the Bruce Lee. Four Bruce Lee. Like that. You know, it sold that, out, right? People like want all of the Bruce Lee stuff, you know? Yeah. A- after we uh, after we recorded the uh, the episode... I was uh, listening to, I think it was at the Scottish Watches, something. I was listening to another episode of uh, another podcast. You were listening to another podcast? They were, they were, yeah, I know, those. right? I know. <laughs> we, should not, we should not listen to uh, 10 and 2 and 40 and 20 and Scottish Watches and two broke watches. Mm. It's almost like I think you're plugging them on our podcast. Right. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> it it kind of sounds like I am. I'm, if you, no, seriously. In all seriousness. Good, things guys, I, like, good thing I know you better, Miguel. Mm. Yeah, no, no. What happens behind behind the scenes, and I think I, I talked about this before, uh, there's a lot of cool people out there. You know, the, the, this watch community, when you start, like, really getting into it, Instagram, YouTube, podcasting, there's a lot of really good people out there. You know, we, we kind of support each other. We, we talk to each other. We encourage each other. So that's something that maybe... Uh, the general public doesn't know that happens behind the scenes, but yeah, it's pretty cool. You know, if you, if you need an idea or if you, you know, have a question about, Hey, how do, how do you do this or whatever you, you ask people and they're like super cool about getting back to you some, some more than others, you know, of course it's like anything else, but, uh, but yeah, like 40 and 20, um, those guys are super cool. We, we, we're definitely always in in contact with them and, you know, hopefully we'll do a, a collaboration with 40 and 20 in the future. Yeah. They got a, a ton of listeners. You know, we're we're creeping up in our numbers as well. Um, so we we want to thank every single person listening. And with that, let me segue into this. I don't even think Red knows about this, but P and I talked about it. So 
it, it gets to a point where you start growing, right? You start growing uh, in your career, if you would, that you start getting haters. So let, let's talk about the haters. So oh, when Fred, oh, oh yeah, we, oh yeah, we have we have our friend over, and I use friend, uh, quote unquote. Uh, go 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 check him out on Instagram if you want to send him a message. Go ahead. Uh, he goes by the name of Adam underscore Firth, F I R T H. Uh, and yeah, when we put out the uh, the Holy Trinity oh, episode, with the daily wrist right? checker, we, yeah, with the daily wrist checker, our friend Mag, um, he I've apparently listened to the episode. So thank you so much for your support, Adam. And he sent us a message and said, "You guys uh, genuinely have no idea what you're talking about." Fuck. So Adam. thank you so much. He sent you, 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 you a message or he yeah. commented? Uh, well, he commented okay. on Instagram, okay. and then I, I told him, "Send you a message." That's like no, that's like vitriol right there. That's like he really wanted you to know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I put out the, I put the thumbnail. Uh, oh, I put a post on Instagram saying, you know, I, I always do that. We always do yeah. that, letting everybody know. And, and yeah, he commented on that. That was the first comment on there. I was like super excited. I'm like, oh, somebody commented, and I saw that. I was like, oh, perfect. Well, thank you so much for fuck, for your support. Fuck mm-hmm. Adam. Fuck Adam. Yo. Anyway, nah. Hey, but, my, my, my problem. Ten out of ten for effort. <laughs> my problem with people like Adam is, is they talk all this big shit, but what you got to back your shit up? Yeah. You see what I'm saying? What the fuck you got? You know what I'm saying? So, cause I I've dealt with a whole lot of idiots on the other channel. I've been called a nigger and all kind of crazy shit. You know what I mean? And my thing is like, you know what I'm saying? You ain't gonna say it to my face. Yeah. You know, and idiots, man, idiots. My and if I don't like something, I just don't comment. Yeah. That's what you I, know mean? I, I just don't say nothing if I can't say nothing constructive. But yeah. some of these or, idiots or, are like they have to be like these little keyboard trolls and gangsters. Yeah. And, you know what I'm saying? I slap the shit out your ass. But then I think yeah. that that's the world we work in, you know. There's so many people, who, like you said, like keyboard trolls, people who talk huge game behind the screen, but will never like open their mouths in person. Mm-hmm. But that's what we live in, like the way I always look at right. it. You know, like all three of us, we from like I'm the youngest out of us, but we still also are from the time where it's like you know people would still do stuff in real life. Whereas like I always look at anything someone says online to a degree, it's like. How serious can you take it? It's someone behind the keyboard. In the same way that you can get comments now from fucking bots. I'm pretty sure there's bot trolls out there, you know? So it's like, <laughs> <laughs> real talk. So, like, whenever I look at that, I'm like, eh, it's not real. Because there's no person there. When it's something good, of course, right. I take the compliment. <laughs> when it's something bad, it's like, yeah. they're not real. Because the, really, the thing is, they're not real. It's a persona that's made online. Whether it's a person behind it or a bot behind it, it's not real. So Yeah, no, for sure any sort of uh value especially if it's especially if it's like not constructive like pete said because like i have people on my channel who will correct me if i say something wrong and sometimes they're a dick about it but at least they're correcting me you know right i can deal with that i can deal with that but like i exactly get what you mean when it's like you're not really saying like what you can do better or I think I, I just was reading the comments that you replied now, Miguel. It's like, it's not like they're sharing any extra knowledge with you. So it's like, why are yeah. you bothering to comment? Yeah. Well, he, hey, to be fair to the guy here, Adam, we, we want to thank you here because you said, you replied back to my comment, my little laughing emoji. You replied, 
10 out of 10 for effort, though, guys. Thumbs up, laughing emoji. Like, oh, okay. Well, since you kept all the knowledge, you didn't leave any left for us. All right. Cool. You're the expert. You know why he's the expert? Because he himself owns an overseas. Uh, you know, a Vacheron Constantin overseas. So because he owns that, he, he knows he's a part of the Holy Trinity. So he's, he's special yeah. and he knows so much. So we, we don't because we own um, Seikos and Seinfeld. Well, so we, we don't know anything. Well, I bet he won't bring that shit to the hood. <laughs> oh, he won't. He won't. He won't. Uh, you know, so boy. that's what I'm talking about. It's like, look, every time we, we, we do an episode, right, whether it be a podcast or YouTube or whatever, it's like we're not experts. We're enthusiasts. So if we say, like in that episode, we, we stated the facts, right? But then we went into, hey, well, if you could, if you could change it up, who would you put in the in the Holy Trinity? That was fun. That right. was just like, hey, this is what I think. If we would have said, I want Casio to be in the Holy Trinity, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. You want Casio? Okay, that's your that's your fantasy, you know, team or whatever. But to criticize somebody like that, like you guys say, it's positive criticism. Yes. You guys sounded bad. Hey, it cut off in, in minute 20, you know, or, hey, that was inaccurate information. Uh, George didn't change or invent the time savings. So, yeah, hey, don't go defending out. George, no. Stay on topic. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, but anyways, I, th- I, I think my words was a little harsh towards Adam. You know what I'm saying? I would like to apologize. But you know what? Fuck Adam. I hope he's <laughs> Moving on, moving on. All right. Well, I, we just wanted to highlight that just because uh, don't think that we don't pay attention and don't think that we're we're just going to let things slide by. At the end of the day, we call ourselves the real urban gentry. That's right. We, we're, we're, we're all from the hood, you know? We're, we're the minority. <laughs> Out of all the podcasts, we're the minority. I know two broke watch knobs they have. They're, they're minorities too, but... We're the real minority. Right, man. right. We, we <laughs> but uh, anyways, Senate. So we, I've been dying to talk about this guy, and we haven't had a chance to talk about the, the Senate that they put out with the, with the rake and, and revolution. And, uh, yeah, it's the Chronomaster Revival. The series was the 83818, a.k.a. the cover girl. This thing is amazing looking. Limited to 1,000 pieces, and it only costs $20,000. So we will... Each be picking one up, right, P. Fred? Yes, absolutely. Uh, I think we put in our order. <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> but yeah, this is basically a, an upgrade of an introduced watch. I think it was from the seventies, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so just before Adam corrects us, actually, the original is about oh, twenty wow. grand. The reissue is eight thousand one hundred. Oh, I'm sorry. There you go. There you go. <laughs> hey, thanks. Thanks a lot, Fred. You saved the day. Thank you. Mm. Thank you. <laughs> before we get too far beyond it. <laughs> yeah thanks all right well why don't we why don't we talk about this guy i think it's i think it's awesome you guys want to want to start off i think it looks sick um i think yeah he's been doing uh-huh. a great job with uh with this reissue they started out with the a384 i think that was a really good looking watch and that was celebrating the 50 years of the el primero now they have this one um zent is is doing a great job in my opinion with you know finding a bit more of their identity. I think for the last few years, they've been kind of here and there on the one hand, trying to like hold on to the El Primero history. On the other hand, going like mad futuristic with the, um, with the Defy line. I feel like with mm-hmm. this, they've found a niche. They found a spot where they feel comfortable in. And I think they're doing a great job. I think it's a good way if they're going to hang on to the El Primero, we'll hang on to the original design as well. Because it right. looks cool. It looks different. It looks original. Like it, this doesn't look like 
any other chronograph, any other modern chronograph on the market today. What about that bracelet, yo? It's crazy, right? Mm-hmm. It has like the it has like, like a separation guts. in between. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like the second hand too, the way it comes up a rectangle and then points out again. I love yeah. that. Yeah, I hot. love this. The, I love the sub dial on this, and I know they called it something. I know I'm gonna completely butcher it, but it was something in regards to like shark teeth or something, mm. kind of going around the the yeah the minute marker right there. I think it's super cool. How do you guys feel about the date window being at the four o'clock? Because I personally only like the date window at the three o'clock and at the six o'clock. I don't like it when it's at the four o'clock. And then in between the four and the five. Yeah, yeah. What do you What do you guys think about that? I think I got no beef with it. Like, yeah, my like on my Cartier, for example, I have it on the four thirty, and I think it looks great. There are other watches where it just looks a bit awkward. I do agree though. The best, in my opinion, is always the six because that's like nice and symmetrical. But I think if it's done right, I think it's okay. On this one, eh, it kind of looks out of place. But it's like, where else could they put it? it? Does they could? What? Are, they can make it the same color as the dial, though. Yeah, that'll I don't, be, I don't that'll like be the color wheel, right? Yeah. yeah. Other than that, though, I mean, it, it does it have full patina a little bit, kind of? No, I don't my, see the, my eyes deceiving me. I just see it start going no. into green, which I think is just okay. the lighting. Display case back, super cool. I I, I definitely love this watch. Um, but yeah, that that bracelet, I don't know. I don't. I mean, I I love the the dial. And I love the case shape, very seventies, right? That kind of square uh, shape case. Yeah, that's hot. Um, hot. But the bracelet, uh, I don't know too much about that. I don't know about the the separation in between the links. Looks a little. I, I, nice can, so I, can, I like that. I like that. I like it because it's. What about you, Fred? I like it because it's yeah. unique and because it's true to the original. Like I think if you're gonna right. do a vintage reissue, like go ham, make everything except for maybe the movement. Make that modern, make everything else like the original. I think in the sense they did that. And I don't know how y'all feel, but it's kind of like Zenith is trying to separate themselves from everybody else. You know what I mean? Like, totally. With yeah. this piece. Like, with, with, yeah, for sure. Which I think they've for had sure. to. Like, I think Zenith is a company that has leaned so much on their movement versus any specific yes. watch model. I think this is a step in the right direction for them establishing an identity of a of their brand via the way something looks as opposed to just what's driving it if that makes any sense you know it's like right it's like if well, Chevy, something does you know like was just known for the small block v8 but it's like all right but what does that go in you know like yeah they're a car company the same way zenith at the end of the day is a watch company so you should know them for a certain watch not just the movement that they use so I think with this, it's an attempt to sort of put some visual representation to what they are as a brand. What I was going to say is, um, do you think that Zenith is underrated? I know a lot of yeah. watch collectors know who Zenith is, but look, everybody knows Rolex and everybody's hyping up Rolex. And furthermore, they hype up the Daytona that had the Zenith movement in it, right? That's like coveted now, right? It's like, oh my God, I would love that. Well, it has the Zenith movement in it. Why don't you look at the Zenith watches? Obviously, if they're the ones powering that Daytona, I mean, the El Primero is awesome, right? I mean, 36,000 vibrations per hour. I mean, high frequency. It's awesome. I think Zenith is, is, is moving in the right direction. And I would like for them to, to become 
that company where where people lust over them and drool over them, uh, you know. So, but yeah, that's that's basically the Senate uh, cover girl. Are they sold out? I have no idea, but uh, limited to a thousand so. pieces. Well, this is going to be a collectible for sure. Oh, I, yeah. I think it is, and I, I like that uh, that the rake or you know revolution is definitely giving Houdinki a run for his money because I think they're. They're the Houdinki of like the Singapore and, and, and that part of the world. I think they, they definitely, they're doing things right. And I like their podcast too, you know. That's, what do you guys think of like but... the concept of like they're making watches for magazines or for publications? Um, I, don't, I don't have a problem with it because look, the, the way that I feel is like they're making these watches for the enthusiasts. Yeah. Obviously, you know what I mean? Um, so I think that's pretty cool. I, I don't, don't have anything against it. I mean, Houdinki does it all the time, right? A bunch of limited edition stuff. And I think it's the the whole thing about watch collecting. I don't know if you guys feel any differently, but I think if you have an obscure model that nobody else knows or, or really has heard about, it's pretty cool to walk into uh, a collector's meet and greet, if you would, or see some a collector in the in the wild. And then you show them what you have, and they're like, I've never seen that right. before. That is super cool. It's kind of like a one-off type of thing, you know what I mean? Right. But if everybody's wearing the same watch, there's nothing really special yeah. about it, you know? So, yeah, I was to going, have them... I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, like, I think that forces, when you do it for, like, a publication or for a special event, it forces the watchmaker to actually do something different. You know what I mean? That, yeah, you know, that ain't not necessarily not necessarily been seen but it's like obscure you know what i mean yeah so well not only that but i i feel and i i think you guys probably feel the same is when they partner up with a magazine or a website a lot of the people uh running that website or magazine are enthusiasts at heart so they know kind of what's mass market appeal versus these companies they're only producing things and they're so out of touch with the public i'll give you a perfect example so when uh the bulova lunar pilot got sold right the original one for millions of dollars well bulova jumped on that bandwagon right and they're like we need to produce this watch asap we need to release it or whatever but they released it at what was it like all in all like 50 something millimeters right i think Mm -hmm. it's huge and that's the main problem with a lot of people that they love the watch they love the history behind it or whatever but they don't buy it because of the size and it's like if they would have partnered up with an enthusiast say with a magazine with a hoodinky or something i guarantee that watch would have been a lot smaller and it would have been a a massive massive success and now it wouldn't be worth three hundred dollars brand new it would be worth in the thousands you know so yes i think it's a it's a step in the right direction for companies to partner up with enthusiasts because i i think they could produce more uh true to form watches that that appeal more to the collector now do they appeal to the mass market maybe not so much but that's the reason why they put out limited numbers yeah i mean you know if you only have to sell 100 pieces i'm pretty certain there's 100 people within the watch community would ha- who would happily pay Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, look what happened when, uh, with the craze when, when um, Houdinki partnered up with Seiko and they put out that blue Alpinist. Oh, my God. It was like crazy. It sold out immediately. And then resellers just wanted to take advantage of people. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I think it's a good thing. I think it's a good thing. But, yeah, this is a, a sexy looking cover girl, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, speaking of. 
limited releases. I know Brightly just came out with something kind of cool, right? Uh, another partnership with uh, with uh, Bentley. Yeah. And they've been doing it for like 12 years? I, I kind of read something. Yeah, they've been doing it for a long time. And like, it's crazy how they've evolved. The old Brightly for Bentleys were like literally Bentley. huge. They were Bentley on your wrist. Um, mm-hmm. I think the last few ones have been really, really well at too, especially with the Premiere line. Um, when I was in Dubai, I actually filmed the 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 Brightling for Bentley premiere with the um, wood grain dial, and fuck, it looks nice. Oh. And nice. this new one, I think, is really really cool. They have a little bit of vibe of the um, Navitimer Montbrillant ones that that they used to do, and I think it's a really classy look. But what I what interests me the most about this more than anything is the way they released it. So originally, they were supposed to release it at the Geneva Auto Show. Um, as obviously because it's a tie-in with Bentley, uh, but the Geneva Auto Show got canceled, and then Basel had already, uh, sorry, uh, Breitling had already pulled out of Basel long before this whole coronavirus thing was being around. So Breitling just released it. So that, for me, I'm just curious: is, is this sort of what we can expect over the next few weeks? That like companies are just going to start releasing these models just randomly with no particular, um, with uh. Uh, Aviso uh, with no uh, like notice. notice they don't, they don't. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Like with no notice, they're just gonna start pop these out on the internet and see what sticks. Or like, I think we're about to enter a very fun time in the next few weeks. Yeah. No, you hit a you hit a good point. I mean, it's. I think. Look, they're they're saving tons of money, right, by not going to the shows and everything else, and just doing everything uh, via social media or the website, whatever. But they do get lost though because i don't particularly go to the company's website there's so many companies i don't keep up with what's being released so i only know about these because of social media so i see something on my instagram feed or you know somebody kind of alerts me of something so i mean i don't know i i i i guess it was the same thing though right because if like if a, if an influencer went to to um a basel world and they were there taking pictures and talking about something. Where would they post about it? They will post about it in their Instagram stories or on YouTube, right? Yeah. So in essence, it's social media. So it's the same thing. Somebody's going to get wind of something and they're going to post it on social media. So yeah, I think I, I think we're not we're we're not going to miss these releases. We're still going to know about them. Yet it benefits the, the the company. So if anything, I think the coronavirus is correcting the market. Right? It's correcting. Things that weren't even supposed to happen. I also heard kind of like Rolex prices, right? Secondhand Rolex prices are are kind of coming down a yeah. little bit because China, yeah. Hong Kong, the coronavirus is affecting so much that now it's correcting itself. So I would say I'm not a financial advisor, but if you have a little bit of money set aside for a watch, now would be the time to maybe start looking at some things, you know? Start negotiating. So Yeah, that or if you have a Rolex steel model. Now is the time to sell. Mm. Keep pushing the price down. We can come back to reality. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at this brightly right now, so I'm staring at it. Something that I really like is the uh, in the middle of the dial. It has the uh, the seconds, right? Yeah, the, the sixty second. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Sub sub dial. No, it's not a sub dial. I guess it's a sub dial, but it it, it overlaps the the two yeah. uh, registers. Yeah. So and, that's yeah, what yeah. I was referring to. So Brightling used to do these Navitimers called the uh, Montbrillion editions or Montbrion, and um and they had this very similar sort of look. They'd have um a sixty second counter sort of overlaying 
it's like a concentric cir- circle over the center of, of the dial as opposed to just being on the outside. And it gave these watches a really, really cool look. I'm not sure exactly on what the history is behind that, but it's a really cool effect and makes it, in my view, at least a little bit easier to read the chronograph as well. Well, it's very, it's very vintage inspired because I know a lot of the older chronographs, like some of the Elgins and I forget what other one, but there's some of the, some of the older ones have this layout where everything is kind of overlapped. So it looks a little busy, but it, it has like a charm to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, th- I think it's pretty cool. So yeah, that's pretty cool. I heard the microwave there. Is that P or Fred? That's me. Uh, Hot, Hot pockets. pockets. That's me. Hot that's pockets. Me. Yo. Hot pockets. Hey, we yeah, have a. We should put out like a, a meet and greet with everybody that listens to our to our podcast. So two people that listen to our podcast, and we should give them uh, hot pockets. We should have a hot pockets party, <laughs> watch party. <laughs> wow. Mm-mm-mm. So, oh, would y'all prefer this Brightman on the leather strap, or what you think, steel? Because I think um, it would look good on steel. I tell you what, I've Steel seen bracelet. the bracelet they do for this one or for the Premier mm-hmm. Collection in general. My mm-hmm. only issue with it, it's really cool. My only issue with it, it's full polish. That shit mm. is going to scratch in yeah. five seconds. It's going right. to show. Well, I, I guess it wouldn't, it wouldn't be... They, they put it in a leather for a reason. Yeah. So what happens when you put a leather band on a watch? It elevates it, right? It makes it more elegant. Mm-hmm. And, and the whole thing about Breitling is it's elegance slash sport. And that's what I get from this watch, right? Because the leather mimics the leather band on this kind of mimics the interior of the band. Yeah, exactly. So, so I think it's, they, they, they can't go with a bracelet on this. I mean, it'll be, it'll be a cool little feature. But yeah, I think it has to stay on the, on the leather to mimic the interior. And also give it that elegant slash sport uh, right, feel to it. Right. So, and, and let's talk about the price. Actually, it's not. It's not crazy. crazily priced. Eighty six hundred. So eighty six hundred. If you own a Bentley, eighty six hundred is. I think you have it in your in your in your uh, glove compartment, right? That's, that's what I hear. Oh and, yeah. Uh, no, kind of have that kind of money. And for perspective, that's only two hundred bucks more than the standard non Bentley one. Mm. So the standard one is eighty four hundred. This one eight six fifty, so two hundred and fifty bucks more. That's not a huge yeah. markup. Like remember last time we were talking about the markup on that Bruce Lee edition again. This that's oh, yeah. cool is that like you know they're not they're not being greedy and having this crazy crazy markup for having what essentially is just a different colorway. Um, so I think yeah I think that I think that's a fair price and you get a lot of you get a lot of tech on the inside as well. Like the B zero one is a really good movement. Seven dollar mm-hmm. power reserve. Um, virtual clutch column wheel, so super reliable. It's been around since I think 2011, 2012 when they launched it. In house, of course. So it's a cool one. 39 joules, yeah, yeah 28,000 BPH. It's a cool, it's a cool moment. Like it was the same moment I had in my Tudor, and it never went wrong. Super precise. I think I like would gain maybe like a second a day. So. And ooh. and this is a limited edition, by the way. It's a yeah. thousand pieces. Thousand pieces. So, one thousand. Yeah, I'll think this also. So, how do you guys feel about uh, limited edition pieces? I mean, I I think if it's done right, and if the numbers are not crazy, like eight thousand pieces is limited edition. Like, no, that's not. That's like when they have I like think, those Acuras that would say limited on the back. Limited, right? But but every but you see them every day and everywhere. Like, how is that limited? Yeah, it's not limited. Right. <laughs> oh, I, I think the LT. limited edition is. 
I think the limited edition is definitely geared towards the whatever fan of the watch you are. You know what I mean? And it'll sell faster and people gonna get paid. So Well, do you guys think that whole limited edition is kind of a gimmick, especially with people that don't know watches? Because they look at something and they read the dial or they, they, they read the brochure and it says limited and they're like, Ooh, I wanna be exclusive. Little do they know there's limited editions coming out every week. <laughs> I don't know, but are people that gullible like to look at they something and, and say, okay, because it's limited and not even be a fan of it, just buy it? Are I don't people I think that gullible? Special editions because limited edition implies some sort of scarcity, and that, in my view, that a lot of that depends on the numbers. So I think definitely anything over over a thousand. For me, that's not limited edition, in my opinion. Yeah, right. right like, that's right. too many to count it as limited. Right. Um, yeah, I think but, a true limited edition should be, like, 100. Yeah. But that's, like, super. But, like, I think um, you guys touched on something important, which was, like, sort of getting appeal to people who maybe aren't necessarily into watches. I think that's where special editions really come in. Because if you look at stuff like brand ambassadorships or stuff like this, for example, perhaps someone who's not too into watches, but they're into Bentleys and they have a Bentley they might be interested in this where they otherwise wouldn't. Or like a better example is, um, is when you have like uh, certain brand ambassadors, like Hublot is obviously the best example. They have a brand ambassador for everything, you know, like where you might get people who like they used to have a tie up with Jay-Z. Maybe they weren't really into watches, but they heard Jay-Z talking about his having his own Hublot made and then said, Oh, there's a Hublot edition. Uh, sorry. There's a Jay-Z edition Hublot. All right, cool. I'll get that. Or, the same with the Usain Bolt right. ones, the Nicky Jam ones. Um, they do that really, really well in that sense. Or Tag Hoyer has a bunch of uh, ambassadors as well. Or, or even Omega, you know, like with the James Bond Association. I'm sure there's plenty of people who get a Seamaster because it's the James Bond watch, not necessarily because they're into watches. Or at least it's a way to get yeah. them interested, like get them in the door first, you know? Well, look, we'll... we'll elaborate more on on uh influencers if you would in a separate episode because we're running close to the hour but this is all i gotta say just kind of let this marinate until we until we meet again but um if you take a company like movement watches oh, yes shit. that that oh, movement watches oh them again they they built something incredible i mean you got to give them kudos uh they these two college guys built something in a short amount of time sold it to the Movado company for millions upon millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. And everybody knows about Movado. I mean, about movement. Everybody. Everybody. Now, you tell me if they didn't do something right. You know, watches are garbage, but their marketing strategy is incredible. So what did they do different than these big boys? Well, they didn't get a, a, a celebrity to endorse them. They didn't get a sports figure to endorse them. They send out these things to a bunch of influencers. And, they, and it wasn't just watch influencers. It was makeup people. It was uh, gamers. It was it just anybody and everybody that had a platform um, or has because I think they're still doing it. Uh, there was an influencer or is an influencer. They just said, you know, screw it. We're just going to send them a bunch of free right. watches and it's free promotion. And guess what? It worked. So I think these people, by these people, meaning Breitling, Seiko, you know, whatever, the, the, the big players, they would have better luck partnering up with influencers rather than right. 
big status celebrities yeah. you know but also it all depends you know if you if you have a, a, a like a Patek Philippe or Vacheron or something they're never going to do that and I get it I mean they're just in a completely different league and the people that could afford those watches are not watching YouTube I'm sure you know what I mean so it, it, it just wh- where do you draw the line maybe Oris would be a perfect company if you want to grow your your uh, customer base start going the influencer route you know what I mean because That's their watches so. are expensive but they're not crazy expensive you know so I, I think the most important thing that movement done was made you believe that you were actually getting a luxury idol yeah comparable For... to a rolex at <laughs> this price i think yeah. that that was the most important thing and for people who don't have a lot of money to buy a rolex to say okay i could get the same thing in a, a movement watch and actually believe it and don't know shit about watches you know they sold them the dream yeah, exactly. And then when you have somebody like Alpha M, you know, coming out and saying that movement is better oh, than Rolex. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That just puts yeah. the nail on the coffin. And I mean, for us watch people, we cringe. But for people that don't know watches, they're like, oh, crap. And this influencer that has 5 million subscribers is saying that this thing is good. I believe in it. You know what I mean? And it's, it's, it just, it's so powerful. You know, peer to peer is so much powerful than an actual company telling you that it's good. You know? I don't know if Alpha so, M believed that shit. Yeah, every dollar he got paid. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. But anyways, let's talk about other things because we are there, uh, guys. Pete, before you tell start, me something, I good. haven't seen the new Clone Wars episode, so don't ruin it for me. All right, I got you. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. Uh, All right. Uh, I don't know what I do this week besides the Clone War. <laughs> that's, that's why I had to get that oh, in quickly. Oh, oh. <laughs> Oh, officially, Baby Yoda will be at uh, Build-A-Bear this month. You know what I'm saying? If you go to a Build-A-Bear anywhere in the country, they got a uh, a thing out, and you can scan it. You know what I'm saying? It keeps you updated. You know what I'm saying? So that's going to be uh, off the hook. Man, I'm, I want okay. to see that Baby Yoda review. It's going down, man. <laughs> it's going and down. have you... It, if you haven't checked out uh, P's channel, let me give you a plug here, P. So he's giving away a Citizen Watch, and it's when you hit 500 subscribers. Yeah. And we need to we need to help him out, you know? It's like, look, we do this whole YouTube thing. We do this whole podcast thing for fun. We don't get paid or whatever. But what what the reward is, is getting subscribers. That's how we get paid. That's how we know people... Uh, believe in us that's how we know people get behind us because we do it for the audience if if not then we wouldn't be filming ourselves we'd just be talking to a wall so the fact that that we want subscribers that's that's kind of the 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 end goal you know what i mean so for p to be giving away a, a citizen watch with an eco drive movement in it i think no it's not an eco drive movement it's just well, a, nonetheless in, in house, it's, it's a in house in house it's it's a nice looking watch uh go check them out so yeah it goes for my boy p and he's been putting out some really funny videos kind of a vlog style video you know where he is just he he you know p being p you know yeah he he uh he introduces his wife on the channel and his daughter and some other family members that you can clearly tell that nobody wants to be on camera but p doesn't care <laughs> he just puts the camera in their face and says, hey, say hi hey and they're like oh god no <laughs> yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. Where you, you pretty much just like ambushed your wife, just like turn, pan the camera to her and say, and said like, say hi. Yeah. And she was like, well, right, she wasn't right. happy. She was not happy. Nah, she wasn't happy about that. I'm gonna do the shit again next week. So. <laughs> I already so got please, it planned. Tune in. I already got it planned. 
But yeah, that's, that's, that's so funny. All right. That's Fred. all I did this week. So, uh, What did I do this week? This week just flew past really fast. I'll tell you what, I got hit by a water balloon today. So, um, <laughs> what? Yeah. So, <laughs> in India, um, tomorrow, Monday, is uh, is this um, festival or holiday called Holi. And it's like supposed to be like the festival of uh, of color. And what they do, everyone just throws like paint at each other and water balloons and all that. And so today, like obviously, like the same thing happened with Diwali. They were like throwing like firecrackers like a week before the actual day. Same thing happened here. You know, like people are just sort of, I guess, warming up for the real thing. And so I was just walking through my girlfriend's neighborhood and got pelted with a water balloon right in the back. <laughs> I was like, damn, at least throw it in front of me so I can like see it coming and move out of the way. Give me a sporting chance. You got to throw it like when I'm not even looking. But yeah, mm-hmm. so I, I got hit for by a water balloon for like the first time in like 15 years <laughs> or something like that. Now, are you sure it was water and it was in urine? Uh, yes, it Ooh. did. <laughs> Damn, Miguel. Shit. That kind of crap. Like balloons, have you been like receiving? Well, right. you don't want to know. Oh, all yeah. I got to say is that that kind of stuff would not fly here in the U.S. People are gun friendly over here. If you were walking down the street and somebody throws a water balloon at your back, you are going to get shot, my friend. So <laughs> don't do it here in the U.S. <laughs> like I said, for me, more than anything, it's like, damn, if you're going to ambush me with like water balloon, at least, you know, be be a man about it. Don't be a coward. Don't throw it when I can't even see it. You know, right. throw it at me. If I dodge it, then you're a shitty thrower. If I get hit, then it's like, all right, fair game. I saw it coming. No harm, no foul. So wait, so you you're you're <laughs> so you could uh you could throw water balloons at anybody. So it's a just, woman, everyone does a child. It. It, it, just... It's like it's like the same thing that in Halloween you can go and bug as many people's doors as you want, asking them demanding for candy. You know, just here it's throwing water balloons instead. And throwing like color and stuff like that. Like tomorrow, well, I'm not I, leaving I, the house. Or if I am, I need to like find like my oldest T-shirt, raggediest pants oh. that I don't care if they get dirty. You know. Well, at least be... you got warning. Like it ain't like you know what I'm saying. It's just out the blue. It's yeah. something they do all the time. You got warning, so yeah. But also, I feel like this is the day before. This shit's not supposed to start till tomorrow. Right. Tomorrow, but I knew you, I wasn't you... going out the house today. I thought I was all good. <laughs> Right, but then you enter a social contract where you know what I'm saying you can't really do shit. So, yeah. well, it's like the purge, right? You know, it's coming. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, for me, for me, well, kind of exciting today. Uh, I got an email saying that I've been on YouTube for a year, so I didn't even think about that. But uh, yeah, happy YouTube year. anniversary! Yeah. Yep. 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 So, five hundred and seventy-seven subs. Kind of sad, you know. We we P and I need to step it up. We need to be to uh to Fred's level and and do a thousand or more. But you know, we'll we'll eventually get there. I guess it'll only take another year or two. But you know, yeah. hopefully, it won't be that we'll long. But like, yeah, five hundred, right, Miguel? Yeah, my five seventy seven. So it's been it's been steadily kind of kind of growing, and obviously, I know the. The the whole thing with YouTube is content. You need to just put it out constantly. The the faster you put out content, the the more you, the algorithm works in your favor. Unless you're Jenny L. What's what's her name? Jenny L. from Germany. She started on YouTube in January, and I think she's close to thirty thousand subscribers. So mm. and she only has like four videos out. So I don't really yeah, necessarily know content. Yeah, like, that filming is no, yeah, almost like watch finder level 
Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree. But she caught fire like super quick. So speaking of quality, I, you know, I've been trying to convince my wife for a while to get better equipment just because I've been filming all my videos with an iPhone 6 and editing all my videos on iMovie or whatever, you know, and it's, I've been trying to like step up my game, but not so much with the camera department, but more with the lighting department. I've been playing with light and kind of finding different things. And I, I feel that I'm getting a little better. I think it's working but, at least uh, on Instagram. Some of your pictures have been really nice. Well, thanks. Thanks, Fred. Well, yeah. this is this is what I did. I, I So I have a, a good friend of mine, Steve. He always listens to the show. He's kind of a, starting to get into watches, but he's a professional videographer, and he's been bugging me for a minute now. Like, you need to step up your game and this and that. Well, finally, I guess he picked up a better camera, more professional, really expensive crap. And he's like, hey, I have my old camera for sale. You know, let me know if you're interested. I'll, I'll, I'll give you, you're my friend, so I'll throw in like a free lens and some other goodies. So I was like, no, I don't know about that or whatever. It's like, all right, well, let me know. And I guess he just really wanted to get rid of it. So he gave me even a better deal. You know, he lowered the price. And basically what it is is a Sony A camera. It's a A6300 4K. And he threw in a, a 50 millimeter lens. It's a Nikon lens. And he threw in a free slider. I don't know if you guys know what a slider is, but it's like something you mount the camera on and you kind of slide it through the slider. Well, he right. got that for free because he has like almost 50,000 followers on Instagram and his YouTube channel is crazy. So, I mean, the, these guys are talking big numbers. They, they got big numbers and he gets free stuff from people all the time. So he threw in the camera, the lens, the slider. Um, I already have my tripod. I, I got a, last night I ordered a 64 gigabyte uh, memory card for this 4k camera. I got some other little goodies coming. So it's fair to say that my game is going to be definitely stepping up because I'm going to be forming, filming in 4k. So, and he showed yeah. me a few tricks here and there, you know, so I'm like, okay, cool. I'm excited, you know, so my quality should definitely be going up. But now the problem is I only have a few watches in my collection that I haven't reviewed. And then pretty soon I'm going to have to be going out and sourcing some other ones or partnering up with somebody, you know, so, <laughs> but yes, that's sir. what's going on with me. So nice. I'm, I'm excited about it. You know, wife's actually excited about it because. I started taking some pictures of her and my son, and she saw the quality with the with the lens and everything. Said, "Oh, this is really cool. We could take some family pictures." So that's the cool thing about a camera that it's not just for watches. It, it's like a for other things, you know, if we go on a vacation or oh, yeah. whatever. I mean, it, it comes in handy. It's it's super cool. It's way different than taking a picture with your phone, you know. So yeah. Sure. Nice. So that's what's going on, guys. So, anyways, where can people find you so we can wrap this baby up? Uh, Ross Wristwatch Love everywhere. Facebook, uh, Instagram, YouTube. Also, follow us on the uh, SoCal Watch Reviews Facebook page. You know, I've been actively uploading stuff, jacking pictures for Miguel and uh, <laughs> friends Instagram. <laughs> Go over there, check it out. You know. Yeah, Fred? Uh, you can find me at Shaluso also on everything. Main platforms is, of course, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, but pretty much everywhere, type in Shaduso, you'll find me. Just Google it. Just Google it. Just Google it. And and me, SoCal Watch Reviews on YouTube, on Instagram, and of course, this podcast. So if you're listening, we do appreciate it. We ask you again, please rate us on whatever platform you're listening on, especially the biggest platform for us is a podcast with the Apple Podcasts. That's where most people listen to this show. So yeah, if you don't mind, please 
favorite the the channel and also leave a rating because it def- definitely helps us. You know, it rates the more you rate, the more uh, they move up the ladder, and more people could find us, and hopefully we could get a bigger platform and and we could get to a hundred episodes. You know, uh, we're already at twenty four. So yeah, thanks guys. Uh, thanks Fred. Thanks uh, P. Thanks yeah. for everybody listening. So. As always, my friends, stay safe out there and uh, stay humble. Thank you. Yeah.